Which he's capable of killing both Justin and I, so. Yo, you know he can't pass my guard. With me on his back. He can't pass my guard. This is Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. All right, so we're going to go right into things because this weekend is probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest UFC cards of all time. Of all time. We have a lot, we have a lot to get through, and we'll do our best to not make this a two-hour-long episode, but it might go a little long. The obvious, like the main... So I always keep a running tab of notes throughout the week for right. things that we have to discuss right. on the show. And you probably so ran top, out of ink. Yeah, well, fortunately, the computer goes on forever and ever and ever. Khabib's dad obviously passed away from coronavirus, which, you know, he was sick. He was in the hospital for a long time. He was better than he was worse, and he was better than he was worse, and yeah. he passes away. So, and then, for all you fucktards out there that are going to say that corona's not real, why don't you go fly to Dagestan and tell Khabib that COVID-19 isn't real? So, Khabib's dad passes away, and then Brendan Schaub tests positive for the coronavirus yep. after he downplayed it and said that it... I don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically said like, it's not really a thing and don't be worried about it. And then he's fucking got it. Right. And then Gilbert Burns test positive and he's out of the main event. So I guess we'll start at the main event of the card and then I'll, we'll work our way down and we'll start right with well, Gilbert Burns being replaced by Masvidal yeah, against that. Masvidal. That's huge. Let, let's, I mean, you, you talk about these things and so Brendan Schaub is a is an intelligent guy, which is part of the reason that he has such a like a post fighting career. So he One goes of the few who has a post fighting career. Yeah, and he's doing very well. With that being said, Brendan Schaub, huge fan over here. Just it's karma. Yeah, I mean, and then they're then they're in, him and Callan are in that club, and they're fucking fist bumping people, and they got to release those videos telling people go get tested if I touched you, like. Whether or not you think it's real, it fucking is. So Khabib's dad passes away from the virus. Brendan Schaub gets it after downplaying it. Gilbert Burns gets it and can't fight Kamaru Usman. So now Masvidal is going to replace Burns and fight Kamaru Usman in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island on like six days notice. I'm super pumped for the fight. It's super badass. Super necessary. Super necessary. Masvidal is going to step in, fight for a world title on six days' notice after flying halfway around the world with, I mean, he's fighting one of the best dudes in the world, like no prep for that specific fight. We'll get into, obviously, predictions and all, but this is a fight where I really want Masvidal to win. I'm a big fan of Masvidal. I don't think he's going to because I just think Usman's going to overwhelm him down and ride him out. Yeah, you can say that you, you were training. General training doesn't compare to an eight-week fight camp where you're preparing to go five rounds with the best guy in the world at your weight class. Yeah, and you know, like you might know that, all right, I'm going to eventually fight this guy. And it might be in the back of your mind that you're watching his tape a little bit more and you're becoming more familiar with his game. But there's no substitute for eight to 12 weeks of training for a five round championship fight against a guy who stylistically is problems for you. Usman is a pressure wrestler 
going to drive Masvidal back into the cage, and Masvidal wants the space to knock him out and yeah. bang with him. So you know that you might be prepared in the sense that you can beat up 99% of the general population, but to fly across the globe to fight the best guy in your weight class on six days' notice and and think you're going to beat him, it's, it's a pretty pretty gangster move. Yeah, the other thing you got to consider, Usman's... So Masvidal's wrestling is underrated. It's underrated. I agree. However, I agree. up until two fights ago, Usman's wrestling was severely underrated. Like, no one thought that he was going to take down Tyron Woodley. He's an NCAA Division II champ. Yeah, he's he's five rounds in the cage with Kamaru Usman is a... It's no joke, you know? That's and, a tall order. And That's a tall order. Masvidal, let's... I read something the other day. He was 192 pounds when he got the call for this fight. Did you see he stopped the private plane in Rome so they could pick up pizza on the way to Abu Dhabi? Like my man, my man's, you know, he's a gangster, but I mean, 22 pounds in six days, like it can be done, but again, it's not, it can I, be done, it's not but... ideal. And like now it's, you're, you don't want to be going into this fight in anything less than ideal circumstances. Ideal. No, but also, but also if you're Masvidal, Masvidal is a guy who truly believes he can beat anyone. I believe that he believes that. Mm-hmm. And I think that he thinks no matter the circumstance, he's a better fighter than Kamara Usman. And if you're on the private plane and they're willing to make a stop and this is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you to hop off and get a quick bite to eat in Rome, I, mean, I, might, take the, the, I might take a couple bites of the pizza if I was the, 20 pounds overweight. The whole weight. thing is bizarre, too, because like they're quarantining in the United States and then they're getting on the – I watched the Embedded and they're, they're getting on the plane yeah. – um, and they're all on the plane together, and then Mazadal and Usman were behind, and they were in, I want to say Vegas, and then yeah. I, I, it just, and then Masvidal's uh, head cornerman Mike Brown, yeah, he just tested positive, tested positive, He's not be there, yeah. so like, and then um, another guy out of his camp was positive, like all these fucking people are positive, like, but Masvidal's not. I don't. I don't know. It. It's. It. It. Uh... You're not saying. You're just saying. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things happening with this Usman Masvidal fight, more so than these guys just don't like each other, and they had that confrontation at like the Super Bowl or whatever yeah. it was. They genuinely don't like each other. They genuinely want to beat each other up, but individually, like Kamar Usman can tie George St. Pierre's uh, record for consecutive wins at welterweight in the UFC. Yeah, that's a big deal by itself. Yeah, he's also on a he's on a fifteen fight win streak, and he hasn't lost a fight since two thousand thirteen. Like that's a long time. The quality, the quality of Kamaru Usman's opponents uh, isn't well, go back isn't to, to go back the to his, level of George Saint Pierre. Like, and but go back to it. Like, even you look at his most recent fights. He beat Damian Maya. He beat uh, Rafael dos Anjos. He beat Tyron Woodley. Like he's beaten named guys. He beat up Colby Covington. Like he's beat yeah, guys. Yeah, I, who I are agree. Good, but the event, like it, his his resume doesn't compare to George St. Pierre's yet. I'm just saying that it's it's yeah, it's a number. He, this is what you know, it's a for, number. Yeah. And if you know, take out the Sarah loss, and it doesn't even we're not even having the conversation. But anyway, correct. But then if you look at Masvidal, in like 2017, he was coming off two losses in a row, yep. right? He was in a weird spot where 
he was a very good fighter, but people didn't want to fight him because yeah. he was coming off two losses, so you didn't get a big boost off of fighting the guy, but he was still a great fighter and could beat you, so he couldn't get fights. He goes and does this Spanish-language reality show. He comes back to fight Darren Till in Darren Till's home country. He's basically brought in because the UFC was trying to push Darren Till still, and he was basically brought in to lose. Starches Darren Till, right? Yep. He comes back. Does the most crazy flying fucking knockout ever of Ben Askren, which was, I loved it. It was awesome. Fights Nate Diaz in a fight of the year contender. Like 18 months ago, this dude couldn't get a fight. Is basically being brought in to lose. And now he's fighting for the championship of the world on Fight Island against a dude he hates. Like what a, what a streak of like events in a short period of time for this guy. So Steven Thompson, he loses a unanimous decision. Damian Maia, he loses a split decision. Lorenz Larkin, he loses a split decision. Ben Henderson, he loses a split decision. I thought he won that fight, by the way. Ally Aquina, he loses a split decision where I think everyone in the fucking universe thinks that he won that fight. And then Gilbert Melendez, he lost a unanimous decision. Paul Paul Daly, he lost a unanimous decision. That was in 2010. Melendez's fight was in 2011. Like So this dude hasn't been stopped since 2009. And he's fought really high caliber dudes. Yeah. I mean, Iaquina, Ben Henderson, Lorenz Larkin, Ross Pearson, Ellenberger, Cerrone, uh, Damian Mai, Stephen Thompson, Darren Till, Ben Askren, Nate Diaz. Like, yeah, he's got a he's got a pretty yeah. uh, prolific resume. So he's also he's also had forty eight professional MMA fights yeah. before his first UFC title fight. And Alistair Overeem, I think, is the only person who has more. Like, he had, like, 50-something. But Masvidal's been fighting for a long time against top dudes. Like, this is a great fight. And I'm pulling for Masvidal. But like I said before, I I don't think he's going to get it done. But I really, really I hope he does. I hope he does. Um, I don't think he's going to win. I think that his best shot to win is uh, – I, I kind of agree with all the experts out there that are saying, like, if he can, you know, establish a range and um, keep it on the feet for the first couple rounds, that's that's where his best chance is. And if not, if Usman's able to grind it out and get to him, I think that he either wins a decision, a unanimous decision, or um, grinds out like a late-round stoppage. Okay. Well, my official prediction – is Usman will win a decision. Your official prediction is Usman will win a decision. I think I think Masvidal is extremely tough to stop. And the only if he has a full camp, I don't think there's any way that Usman stops him. I don't want to say any way. The fucking guy's the best welterweight in the world. Um, I think that there's an even lower chance that Usman stops him. But I think that you know if Usman's cardio is where we think it is, and Masvidal's cardio is where we think his is it's going to be the difference in the fight the fight that i think amanda jean is most excited for is the max holloway versus volkanovsky fight yeah. because she really likes max holloway i really like max I holloway i love max holloway if you're not mahalo. following max Ho- mahalo sure if you're not following max holloway on youtube uh, you should be yeah. I mean, follow follow us first. He'd be so follow fucking our page first. Yeah, he'd be. We, and then go follow Max Mac, and then talk to Max Holloway and get him the fuck on this show. Seriously, seriously, I've been sliding in the guy's DMs for a year. I've also been sliding into his DMs, but not related to this podcast. He thinks I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> That's how you got Diana J. 
slide into those DMs. <laughs> no, fuck that. No. She'll deny this. This is no bullshit. She will deny this. She contacted me on social media first. She, we hung out and then like two days later, she reached out to me on social media and I'm like, chalk this one up for Big Daddy. Game's over. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're happy she did that and I'm sure a part of her regrets it. Uh, Max came out and said that he only had this week with his coaches and he had zero sparring or zero training partners for his whole camp and he was dealing with his coaches over Zoom. Yeah. And then Volkanovski basically was like, I don't believe him. I think that he's full of shit. And Max does do a lot of stuff like tongue in cheek, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I just think given the current climate of things, it's it's hard to rule anything as completely unreasonable. So yeah, he is it's possible that he did that. But I actually think that he's at the point in his career and I I I know that there are people out there that do it that, you know, they tone back the, the amount of live sparring that they do. It's just there's no need for it. There's other ways that they work on their timing. There's other ways that they get into shape, you know. He's he's, yeah, he's I think you he's not there's old. A difference. He's not old, but he's he's got a lot of fights. Yeah. I mean there's a difference between toning back the sparring and not getting any sparring at all. So your timing's off and you don't want to be when you're max and so much of your fight game depends on your timing, right. you don't want that to be off. But when you look at a fighter like I'm a big fan of Max for the way he fights, the way he handles himself. But if you look at the way he handled himself when he lost the yeah. title to Volkanovski, like it is what it is, as Max always says, is it is what it is. He moves on to the next fight and he doesn't dwell on it and he's not super negative. And I think that is an attitude that this guy will wasn't take you a lot farther in the sport than he was going to fight Khabib. Nancy. He was going to fight Khabib. Yeah. He fought Poirier. Like this guy just he likes to fight. He he wasn't handpicking opponents. He was. You know, he was beating up good fucking guys. Uh, well, he beat Jose Aldo and basically came out and said, like, I'll have to beat him twice because yeah. he's Jose Aldo. And what he fucking did was went out and beat him twice handedly. Yeah. Like, Max has fought top dudes and made them look out of their league yeah. against him. He's a great and, fighter. Until Volkanovski. I think the fact that the fight is a rematch is more of a help to Volkanovski than it is to Max. I think so much of Max, so much of his style is based on changing the rhythm and his footwork and his timing. And Volkanovski now has rounds six through 10 to work with. And he already sort of has that timing down from the last fight and he was able to fight effectively against Max. I don't know what Max is going to be able to change to really change the outcome. So I kind of, um, I'm on the opposite side of that. So the scores of that first fight were 48-47, 48-47, and 50-45, which is fucking atrocious. That's, we need yeah, to become MMA score. judges if this I is agree. what we're fucking dealing with. So I, um, I, I scored it 3-2, to two, and I actually thought that Max started to figure him out towards the end. Um, the, the, the fucking Volkanovski was using those leg kicks to really screw with um, Max's mobility. You know, and, and Max Max couldn't change stances. Yeah. So he goes in and out of stances so well, beating up that legs, it forced him to fight in one stance, and that's not how he fights. And he can say all he wants that he he wasn't affected by no, it, he but was. he was. He was he was. And it was surprising because you would have thought that if anybody was gonna, you know, kind of expose that aspect of it, it would have been Jose Aldo, but Aldo doesn't throw leg kicks as much anymore. He's moved <laughs> it's away just from it. Bizarre. But 
going forward, um, I thought that Max won four and five. Um, I think that he was taken aback by the volume of leg kicks he was dealing with at, at first. It took him a little bit of, of time to get used to it. And I think he's going to come out and make a statement this fight. This is a fight that's tough for me because I'm a big Max fan and I have been for a long time. And Volkanovski's really come on in the last couple of years. And I, I'm i a big Volkanovski fan as well. I, I like the guy. I think that if he keeps winning, I think he'll be a good champion and he'll be a good representation. He's not just a guy who's going to win fights. I like, no. I like the way he carries himself and I think he's got a good personality. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either one of these guys in that aspect. And it's... It sucks that one of them has to lose, but it's again, it's the two best people in the world at that weight class, yeah. and I like them both. So no matter what the outcome is, I'll be happy for one, and I'll be disappointed for the other. Yeah. My official prediction is that Volkanovski will win, but I hope Max does, but my official prediction is for Volkanovski. My official prediction is Max takes it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised with a stoppage, but I'm leaning towards a decision. I hope he wins. I think he's going to win. Uh, expecting a great fight, though. Moving right along, we mentioned him talking about the last fight, but Jose Aldo versus Peter yeah. Yan. It's like um, I have my thoughts. Yeah, but I'll let you go first if you'd like. Yeah, it's just like what the fuck is this dude done? Like, I mean, I understand he's a legend of the sport, but like, you're telling me that Aljamain Sterling shouldn't be in this. Like, you had to rush this fight. Aldo's coming off of, I believe, two losses, right, to Marlon. Which, even though, listen, I, okay, he, he, I thought he won that fight, but still. I do think he beat Moraes back in December. I, I, I thought he won that fight, but he's coming off two losses. You're sliding him into a title fight based on what he did years and years ago. It almost feels like they needed a title fight. And they needed a guy with a big name, so they slid in Jose Aldo. Right. But that's not this card. This card is a super card. And you could have put, like you said, Aljamain Sterling in there. It's a better fight. It's a more interesting fight. I just don't get the move of putting Aldo in there. Hopefully they start giving Aljamain Sterling the push that, that he deserves. Well, they already said he should be next up for... Right. I'm just going to go ahead and say my prediction now for Peter Jan, who's going to win this fight. It's uh, going to fight Aljamain I mean, Sterling next. Yeah, I... I yeah, he should win this fight. He should. Um, I mean, the, the the good thing about putting Aldo in this fight, Aldo obviously is a legend, and when Peter Jan beats him, now you can make a big springboard push of Peter Jan coming off of an Aldo win. So now when you do Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Jan, it's got more behind it because this might be like a coming out for Peter Jan coming off of beating a legend. I just, I could have been okay without this fight and yeah. move right to Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, I, I, and he wasn't hurt. And I know yeah. that this fight was booked before his fight ended. Like, um, but he would have been ready. He would have been ready for a quick turnaround. And I, I mean, I don't think. And here's the other thing: you have Dillashaw. He's going to be coming back soon. He thinks that he should get a title shot right away. I completely disagree with that, but I'm sure eventually yeah. he's going to be back in the picture. You got Garbrandt, who's coming off of a vicious knockout. He needs another fight. Then you got like young, young guys like O'Malley. 
But you have like so Peter Yang is like Peter Yan is a young guy coming up, but dude's been in the fight game for a long time. He's got a lot of pro boxing experience. So I get that you're trying to do like the young guy on the way up versus the old guy on the way down in this fight. But I'd rather see two young prospects come up. Yeah. Give me O'Malley versus Peter Yan. Give me Algernon uh, Sterling versus you know, Peter Yan. You don't want to like, do that to Sean O'Malley just yet. But yeah. I kind of uh, do. No, I, I kind of no, do. He's not ready. Um, and Dana White even came out and said that because Sean O'Malley's been campaigning for a Garbrandt fight, which I'm all I'm on. I'm on the uh, the Sean O'Malley hype train. Yeah, um, I I'd like that fight. But I'd Dana like White fight. said no, and they're just trying to bring him up, and it's for his benefit. I it, I don't think he's ready for t- title fights yet, but he he needs to bump up no, in the competition. I, it's it's a tight it's a tight rope to walk. I've mentioned previously that I don't want them to do to Sean O'Malley what they did to Darren Till and rush him too quickly. But I also would have rather seen him in this fight as opposed to Jose Aldo, who's what two and four in his last six fights. Yeah. Official prediction: Peter Yan will stop Jose Aldo TKO. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. I don't think it goes the distance. I think Peter Yan stops him early. Um, I'll say the second round, but yeah, I don't. I'm not going to give a round. I'm not going to give a round. Mystic Mike. On that note, the next fight moving down the card is the Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas number two. Again, there's a lot of interesting things about this fight. I think Rose was winning the first fight decisively. Andrade slammed her on her head. Yeah, decisively. Rose was winning that fight based on her footwork based on moving around, based on landing shots at not full power shots, not quite pop shots, but landing, you know, a little bit of a little bit behind them and avoiding the monster shots that Andrade throws. Yeah. And it wasn't until Andrade controlled the space, pushed her to the fence and slammed her on her head that the fight was over. And I think that for Rose to win, she needs to do more of the same. She needs to move, 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 stick, 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 and stay out of the way of Andrade. She's going to come forward at her. She needs to move off the line and move, move, move. And this, the X factor here is uh, Nama Yunus's mindset. Yeah, the fight was supposed to happen in April, and then she pulled out like a week after it was announced yeah. because her manager said there was two COVID deaths in Rose's family. And you know that Rose is paranoid and afraid of everything, so yeah. not surprising that she'd be unwilling to fight it is surprising to me that she's willing to fly to fight island to fight during a pandemic did you see those fucking beds that they have on those planes yeah yeah i would live in an airplane if it was like that so rose has always been like one of those like she had like a mystique surrounding her you know what i mean like she 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 almost seems like disinterested in fighting and she like looked like she lost the fire a little bit after the last fight or sounded like she lost lost the fire a little bit but she's she's better than this girl. She's better than Andrade. She's a better fighter. Yeah, I agree. She should stop this girl. Um, yeah. If she's now, got again, it's, if she's got her shit together. Exactly because Rose has documented mental health issues, and that's not anything to be ashamed no. of. And that's not anything that if you think she can't be a great fighter because she has mental health issues, then you're wrong. Right, you just are. But it is a factor when you look at the preparation for a fight in the middle of a pandemic, halfway across the globe, 
I don't know what her mindset will be walking to the cage. Like, do you remember after she beat Joanna in New York? And yeah. She could have been a, like she could have been on Good Morning America. Yep. She could have done all this media. Well, her and Pat Barry, who by the way, Pat Barry, her boyfriend, former UFC fighter, started dating her when he was thirty years old and she was sixteen years old, and they trained at the same gym together. Pat Barry convinced her that they had to get out of New York, and then Rose said she had a bad feeling, and they went to hiding for a month. And she had this opportunity to take this big stage and be a star, and it they just got into her head and they went into hiding. Like that sucks, man. You're like ruining this girl's life. This girl could have yeah. been a star. I mean, like this the circumstances surrounded what we're facing right now, like across the world, are is enough to provoke anxiety. In yeah, just in any anyone. Person. In anyone. Yeah, in any person. If if there are already underlying issues with with anxiety, yeah, this is you're in a weird spot and, and you yeah. know who the fuck are we to speculate um i i hope she's ready i'm a huge fan of hers i think she's a phenomenal fighter a phenomenal talent um i hope i again like i'm not, I'm not trying to knock her for having anxiety or for pulling out no no no, no no yeah i just hope that it doesn't affect her going into the fight because andrage is a killer i yeah. think rose is more of a killer but you have if you just look at it from Rose's perspective, if you take away an anxiety issue, you're fighting a person who the last time you fought, they slammed you on your head so bad that it knocked you out. You just had two family family members die from a virus that's a global pandemic, and now you're flying across the world to fight in the midst of that pandemic. Like, There's a lot of things to be uneasy about going into this fight, and I hope that she can get past it all and put on a good performance like we have seen from her in the past. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pumped for this fight. I think that Rose wins. I hope she wins. I hope she goes and gets her belt back. I, I think that if she wants to, she has a long career ahead of her. I know that she's expressed interest in, you know, not fighting too long, um, down the road, but, um, I think she's capable of holding that belt for a long time. I don't know if she'll beat Wiley if she does beat Andraj, but we can talk about that if it happens. But this is an interesting fight because it's two fighters who are both coming off of losses who a win in this fight puts them right back into right the back. contention. Yep. I will th- I think that Andraj will win. I think the pressure will be a little too much for Rose. Not the pressure of the fight, like the physical pressure of Andrade coming forward. Yeah. I think that Andrade is just a little too powerful if she can get a hold of Rose, and I think she knows how to do that now. So my official prediction for this is Andrade. Everybody has the right to their opinion. And if you're only listening to the audio, Mike raised his eyebrows in confusion and then gave me a look like I was stupid. But we'll see. Not stupid, just confused. So a lot of times um, when you're doing a podcast and you want it to be entertaining, you would sort of end with a bang, go out on a high note. But the last fight we're going to talk about tonight is actually the Paige Van Zandt-Amanda Rebus fight, which is not really so much of a high note. Yeah, it's like, all right, Um, Paige Van Zandt, it's time to get out of the UFC. Paige Van Zandt is the biggest underdog on the card. On FanDuel, they had her at plus 600. They had Rebus at minus 950. 
So one interesting thing about Paige for me is that she broke her arm in a real similar way to the way I did and had like sort of the same issues with it healing. But a man kicked her and went to head kick her. I don't know if it was a man, but it was... A 155-pound man with his shirt off in a cage tried to assault her with his leg. I I don't think that was the method of the break, but the break itself was the same. Okay, well, just saying. I agree. It's time for a page to sort of get out. Just go. She... So she said that she makes more money from Instagram than she does from yeah. fighting in the UFC. Okay, see ya. But what she doesn't realize is she makes more money because the UFC is attached to her name. Yeah. If she's just a regular person yeah. fighting in a different organization, no one cares about you as much. Or I mean, if, it or if she's say, not a fighter. True. If she's not a fighter. Yeah. Like you got your Reebok deal because you were a decently attractive UFC fighter. If you're not a UFC fighter, you're not getting the same influencer money from Instagram. And that's just a fact. I agree. I agree 100%. And she says she wants to test the waters in free agency. Yep. I think this is the last fight on her contract. Yep, it is. Test them out. Yep. Test them out. Because she's, you're, she's going to get fucking mauled. She's 2-3 and three she's since gonna 2015. Get, she's going to get mauled in this fight. Yeah, Amanda Rebus is... She's no joke. Yeah. She's no joke. She's the biggest favorite on the card for a reason, not just because she's fighting Paige Van Zandt. She has, I think she's undefeated in the UFC in three fights so far. She beat up Mackenzie Dern last fall. She beat up Randa Marcos, who isn't great, but she's been in the game a long time as yeah. well. I, I think Amanda Rebus is going to stop Paige Van Zandt Same. pretty early. That's my official prediction. Official prediction. That's my official concurrence. The only person who will be losing out on Paige Van Zandt leaving the UFC will be Paige Van Zandt. And Paige in Van my Zandt. less than humble opinion. And Paige Van Zandt's husband. Yeah, he'll lose out too. Which he's capable of killing both Justin and I, so. Yo, you know he can't pass my guard. With me on his back. He can't pass my guard. The dude can't pass my guard. Uh, okay. Set it up. He I can't wanna... pass my guard. That sums it up for the... For the fights, you saw that there's a sh- like uh, two big events in the jiu-jitsu world this weekend. Yeah, there's there's a lot of big-name people competing this weekend, including Gordon Ryan is doing that charity event on Friday, I think it is. And then on yeah. Sunday, is Craig Jones is competing against Mason Fowler uh, in, in the Submission Underground event. Like Obviously, that's two big jujitsu cards. And if there wasn't the greatest UFC card of all time happening this weekend, we probably would have talked about that for an hour right. this episode. But I think the best, we're going to look at that more next week after the event. And then we're actually going to have a stay tuned special guest from one of those events. is going to come on, break it down and talk all about his match. Just in the uh, interest of time here, there's just too much happening in the world so right now much. for us to go into everything, which is an awesome time to be a fight fan, even though there's a global pandemic happening. Just look at what's going on this weekend. There's so much happening. This is, I think we said at the beginning of the the show, this is by far the most stacked card in recent memory. It might be the most stacked card in the history of the UFC. So um, we had to devote all of our attention to that. So we tried to do our due diligence on bringing you guys the previews for those uh, those fights this weekend. But Yeah, obviously we're super stoked for the card. I'm sure you're super, super stoked for the card. We'll get to the, the jiu-jitsu stuff, I promise you. We'll definitely get into it a little bit more next week. 
when we can devote some more time to those specific matches. But just stay tuned. Is what it is. Stay tuned. It is what it is. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget that you can watch the full video version of any one of our episodes on YouTube. You just got to search for That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at that underscore jujitsu underscore podcast. And if you want to follow me, you can find me at M underscore Callahan 106. You can also follow me directly at Justin Lesko. And we just launched a new Patreon account where you can get early access to these episodes as soon as we're done recording them. There's extra bonus content. We break down submissions from the fights, from the UFC, from the world of jiu-jitsu. So there's a lot of stuff. So check it out. Patreon.com slash That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. You're supposed to say thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.